The day is here. NBA Draft Day, first chance for the Jazz to alter their roster. What will they do? How will it happen? Who in the NBA is on the move today in what could be a dramatic day? And Ja being moved to Utah? Yes, it's true. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first Listen, we are free and available on all podcast platforms, available on YouTube as well, and so glad to have you aboard today. Big day, NBA draft night is here. Few things for you. Locked on, we give you the ultimate mock draft. If you haven't grabbed all of it, do so so you're up to date. Follow Locked On Network, Locked On Podcasts on Twitter And we'll give you the latest reactions from our NBA big board experts as well as our local experts after each pick and available for you. They'll also be posted all on the uh, Twitter feed of or the YouTube feed of every team. So follow Locked On Podcasts on Twitter. You'll get all the latest reports and breakdowns from the local experts as well as our Locked On NBA big board. Like only can be done and locked on. Here's the craziest thing. As we sit here getting ready for draft day, it's finally here. A chance by which the Utah Jazz can really forever alter their franchise. The discussion since the Jazz got knocked out in the playoffs by the Dallas Mavericks in the first round, coupled with last year's Clipper loss, is what are they going to do? Are they trading Rudy? Are they trading Donovan? Are they totally, completely stuck to Donovan? Do they try to do something with Mike and Boyan and Jordan and Royce to bring in new players around them? How do they get younger? How do they get longer? How do they get more athletic? It's really two chances for the Jazz to do this. One is draft night. And two is free agency. And the first one is upon us. Like, it's no more a question of speculation, wonderment, concern, fear, excitement, whatever your emotion might be toward it. The day is here. It's crazy. And the Jazz, from all reports around the league, are incredibly active right now. Now, they're incredibly active without a lot of things at their disposal. But the word is that they are talking in every way they can, that they are desperately trying to get draft picks. They're desperately trying to get some young players into the pipeline of this franchise to get them moving forward. The rumors have been everywhere. Boyan, possibly, to Portland for the seventh pick. It seems like an unbelievable pull by the Jazz if they can get that for Boyan. On the other end, it seems like an unbelievable pull by Portland to get Boyan. And now that Portland has Jeremy Grant, which we'll talk about here in a second, Maybe that's enough. Dame Lillard, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Boyan Bogdanovich, Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, is Portland suddenly a playoff team again? Because that's what they're trying to build 
right now for Dame if they do that. Are they a playoff team if they go grab the seventh pick? Probably not. Or at least the seventh pick isn't going to help them any today making them that team. That would be an incredible pull for the Utah Jazz. If it's in in the rumored deal that would be Boyan Bogdanovich for the seventh pick and Eric Bledsoe, the Jazz cover. But the Jazz would be have to get a top ten pick, so hard to do in this league. You have to be terrible to be able to start grabbing for it. But it would be a tremendous loss because Boyan Bogdanovich is crazy good. And then does that suddenly domino into another move? Can the Jazz or will the Jazz move Mike Conley? His regular season was outstanding. His postseason, not very good. Looked very small. And I think the Jazz know that they have to get, you watch the NBA playoffs, like you've got to get longer. You've got to get longer and you've got to be able to drive. And Mike is small and not much of a driver anymore. And so is that something the Jazz are going to move? Can they move Mike Conley for draft picks? The Jazz don't have a draft pick. Can they buy into the draft? And then the obvious huge monster question is, will they trade either of the two star players? There are only two players in the entire NBA that are in the top 20 in the NBA that are available. And they both happen to be on our roster. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. If you believe the rumors and you believe that the Jazz are at a point where they have to make some sort of a move... With this roster after back-to-back playoff disappointments and maybe back-to-back-to-back playoff disappointments. Then Rudy Gobert, who's oft-rumored, and Donovan Mitchell, who's been sparse to no rumors, are the only two players who are top 20 players in the NBA that might be available. I mean, the first question really is, do the Jazz feel they have to move one of those two players. There's, I don't think there's any question in Jazzland that they feel as though they have to do something to this roster. You've got the voice is going to be different. Quinn Snyder is out. There's going to be a new voice, but is there going to be an entirely new roster? It seems impossible to me at this point that the Jazz open the year with Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal. Boyan Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert. I can't possibly see that as the starting five after the amount of scars this group has had, and particularly because in a, in a theme of something we talked about all season long, this group did not take their past scars and have that harden them, but it still had them cracking them. And so in, it seems to me that we're going to see some turnover. Now here's the question that I don't really know on how this kind of gets played out. But, like, when you – if the let's say the Jazz are entering the night with the goal of acquiring draft picks, of acquiring some sort of talent with draft picks. If you're willing to trade Mike Conley, you've got to bring back $20 million in contract also. We don't have any other choice. Where Where's the pick? And I don't know this draft well enough to know that, and I've listened to a lot of Locked on NBA Big Boy. Where's the pick? Are you willing to trade Mike for a 10? Are you willing to trade Mike for a 15? Are you willing to trade Mike for a 20? Like, does that get... What about 25? Like, where's the... uh Uh-uh. We're not... That doesn't make us better. Moment in this process. The 
the fact is that after the 11th pick of the NBA draft, 50% of the players never become rotation players. You're really playing a little bit of it. And it's actually used to be 11 to 30. Now it's actually the, the second round, early second round's gotten better. So it, it pushes itself back. And the 30 to 40 picks are actually pretty valuable. That's one thing Portland did in that Jeremy Grant deal. They, well, they went and got – Detroit got itself into the valuable part of the second round. That's something Detroit did, not Portland did. If you're trading Boyan Bogdanovich, where's your number if you're trying to get a draft pick? Do you have to get 15? Do you have to get 20? 25. What about Royce? Is there a number? What about Jordan Clarkson? Is there a number? And then there's obviously the big thing. What is the package that if you're willing to trade Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, what is the package that you have to get? And for both of those, it has to be franchise altering. It's going to be franchise altering in a lot of ways, win-wise, in not as good a way if you move either of those two guys. So it has to be the pieces to the future come back in that puzzle for the Jazz, for Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. The craziest thing is the day is here. The day is here in this draft where these things start to happen. This is the first opportunity. The second is free agency and then trades in the midst of free agency. But the key part of trades is often draft picks. And if the Jazz are trying to get picks, here's their first, here's their opportunity. The day is here today to get it done. Who is going to be on the move and what took de- what went down with the Portland-Detroit-Jeremy Grant deal and what should we learn about that in regards to that deal? Because Jeremy Grant's been often talked about. We all knew he was going to Portland. He ended up in Portland. And what do we learn from that deal? Plus, what names and who is it that's going to be on the move in this trade deadline uh, in this draft night. And then we'll talk about the draft itself coming up and some of the big stories floating around that as well. Again, follow Locked On Network on Twitter, and you'll get the latest of all the things taking place. Um, or if Locked On Sports is the Twitter. It's on Locked on, at Locked On Network. Locked On Sports is the Twitter. Uh, go grab it. Follow it. You'll get all the latest stories uh, and everything on that. All right. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Summit Cap. This is a group that invested in Locked On. Really, really easy to deal with. Jeff uh, sat us down the very very first time. Matt and David were there together uh, with us over at Summit Capital. They're looking for people who are working in a company. They've been there for a long time. The owners are at one stage. You as an employee kind of or manager see where you can take this company to a totally different level and the owners, frankly, don't want to go there. They don't want the risk. They're settled. Well, they, they, Summit Capital will come in here and provide capital for management seeking to buy out owners of businesses. You now, they, they invest in your expertise. You gain equity to the company. They profit off your expertise. It's a win-win for everyone. They're entrepreneurs. They approach investing with the mind of entrepreneurs. Unlike private equity or venture capital funds, they don't have artificial timelines horizon. I can attest to this. They never once said a word to us other than the day we sold. They said, we wish we'd invested more, which is the nicest compliment you can get. We invested for long term. They, they invested all types of structures, including both debt and equity. So text Matt at 801-796-2033. If you know somebody or you are somebody who's looking to provide capital to buy out owners of a business, Summit Cap is your answer. Locked on jazz at summitcaputah.com or go to summitcaputah.com or text Matt at 801-796-2033. If you can't remember any of that, then just go ahead and email me at dlock 
0-9. Arcade went up. Boom! Shakalaka! The 80s are back, except for the fact that they're better than ever. NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1 is the leader at home. Retro arcade games not only bringing the best games ever back, but making it bigger and better than ever, because this is the Shaq edition of NBA Jam. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, right? Flying in through the air. All of the crazy parts that are NBA Jam, jumping clear, clear across the court, setting the ball on fire, no fouls, no free throws, and no quarters are required. Compete with friends and family of the all-new leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order from Arcade One Up. That's Arcade, the number one up dot com. Estimated early September shipment date. Arcade One is a place for fun. They even have Mortal Kombat, and they have Golden Tea. Oh, the classic golden tea. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack edition console. Who is going to be on the move? Well... We just talked about the two biggest names. One of the names we would have said was Jeremy Grant. So that deal's gone down, and it's pretty interesting. Detroit, who at the trade deadline a year ago, the word was it was going to take two first-round draft picks to be able to get Jeremy Grant. And instead, they only get one first-round draft pick, and more than only getting one first-round draft pick, they end up getting a not very good first-round draft pick in that they got Milwaukee's pick from coming up in the 2025 draft. So that's not a great pick for Detroit. Now, what Detroit did get is they swapped second, so they moved up into the better part of the second round. And they got they used the uh, trade exception that Portland had left over from the C.J. McCollum deal to be able to make it so that port that they didn't take any more cap space. So now Detroit gets super interesting because Detroit's about to add another major piece to their puzzle this year with an early draft pick to go along with Cade Cunningham, and then they've got monster cap space. I didn't think they were going to be a cap player until a year or two from now. My expectation was that they would add Cade Cunningham, add another piece. Maybe they think Sadiq Bey is already that piece. Add this year's pick, maybe one more, and then go be a free agent player. And it's interesting to me to watch this because I actually like this approach more than what I like out of Houston and Oklahoma City. Houston and Oklahoma City is we're just going to lose a tremendous amount of games for three or four years. Plus, we've traded all of our stars. We've stockpiled millions of draft picks. And then they all come up together at the same time. And that's what I don't love about that plan. If you look around the NBA, over the years, you just can't find two young players coming up at the same time who haven't had issues. LaMarcus and Dame had issues. Shaq and Kobe. Penny and Shaq. Everywhere along the way you go, young Donovan and Rudy may end up in this category. Of guys end up having problems together. And I think that's going to be a real problem. And then you got to sign all of them at the same time. And I, I think there's the flaw in what Houston and what, Uh, Oklahoma City are doing. I like what Detroit's doing, which is 
hey, we're, we've tanked it. We got Kate Cunningham, the number one pick. We got Sadiq Bay. They're going to get somebody this year. They haven't had great luck, but they'll have three top ten picks or so. Maybe it's one more year. But in the meantime, we're going to start playing the free agent game with our cap money before we have to pay Cade Cunningham the max, before we have to pay Sadiq Bay the full extension, before we have to pay these guys, we're going to we're going to then add free agents, then pay them when we're over the cap, and we've got ourselves a roster built and our young players come into their own as star players. It's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown this year for Boston changed a little bit of the thought process in the sense everyone's kind of had to be 27, 28 years old to be able to win, that's not the case. So this one gets interesting. What for Detroit? Let's keep an eye on Detroit. What they're doing, the amount of cap space they've just opened, whether they become major free agent players. Um, they've done some interesting things, right? They try. They signed Jeremy Grant, big free agent deal. Everyone thought they were crazy. They just got something back for him, probably with one year left on his deal. Probably not as much as they thought they would have. And I think this one's interesting because last year, the asking price on Grant was two first-round draft picks during during the trade deadline. And instead, they got one first-round draft pick and cap space. So it's worth keeping an eye on that and remembering that. So who's on the move here? The big story is Atlanta seems dead set on moving John Collins. I don't know what that involves. Rudy Gobert talk has been heavily involved with that, with the names Kevin Herter, possibly DeAndre Ayton, other picks being involved and all taking place. And so I think that uh, we'll watch. OG Ananobi's name out of Toronto, a really interesting prospect. When you dig into his numbers, I'm not sure he's the number one guy or someone who can be able to make plays as the primary offensive players. There was a span of the season last year where they opened that up and gave him the chance to do that, and he didn't seem to be able to master that. Um, and if you're going to be giving up a ton, but he's an elite, elite athlete who's able to get more and more stuff before and able to, and able to uh, it, it, he's developed and, and grown as a player more than he has before. Um, so that's he'd be an interesting play. The thing on OG Anobi is his mid-range shooting is not good. It's off the bounce shooting, and that precludes me from believing that he's ready to be a number one option. But he's an elite defensive player. He makes you athletic the minute he's on your roster. He's got an NFL body. His brother played in the NFL and the NBA. I mean, he's truly an elite level player at that at that point. Will DeAndre Ayton be on the move by Phoenix? They don't want to sign him. Will there be some sort of deal on that? And then Harrison Barnes' name in Sacramento, someone we've always wanted the whole time. Is there a way for us to do that? Or other names, Boyan Bogdanovich possibly going to be moved. Uh, the other possibility, in the, uh, obviously, from the Jazz, is anyone on the Jazz roster, and the Jazz are probably the most intriguing team in all of this, in all of the moves that could happen in free agency. Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook being talked about a great deal. I don't think that impacts the Jazz. And the wild card that comes into this starting on the first is Bradley Beal. And does Washington know Bradley Beal's approach and what Bradley Beal's going to do in free agency and how that impacts things? Kyle Kuzma's a player in Washington that I'd be very interested in. Is Washington suddenly, if you know Bradley Beal wants out, are you suddenly just dismantling the whole thing as fast as you can? 
to rebuild it and start your tank. Contavious Caldwell Pope is an interesting player on that roster. Or are you trying to rebuild around these guys to see what you have? Fascinating night ahead. Here's the most interesting thing talking to people. The feeling is that free agency is not the way roster move is happening anymore. This is becoming the spot where teams are changing their roster. These drafts, these trades, some of them won't go through till uh, till July 4th when the moratorium is over. But there's a feeling that where free agency really used to be the time in which everyone alters their roster, that it is now tonight. It is the NBA draft night, and that not only are the Jazz active, but that everyone's active. Everyone's settled after three years of COVID impact, and everyone is ready to make massive moves and alter rosters, and that this could be an incredibly wild night in the NBA. Follow Locked On Sports on Twitter, at Locked On Network, for all of our latest breakdowns, our reports from our NBA Big Board insiders to our local insiders. We'll be... publishing quick reports as we did today on the Jeremy Grant uh, trade. Get the local experts' insight on it, unequaled uh, by anybody else throughout the day. All right, we'll talk about the draft, the top of it, some of the thoughts on what we're seeing, some of the players that are involved, what things might happen there as well, and can the Jazz get into the draft as we continue on Locked on Jazz. Can the Utah Jazz get themselves a draft pick? The quick answer on that one is I am not optimistic on just buying a pick the way they did the 27th pick for Rudy Gobert. A few years ago, the way this worked was that you could buy a pick for $3 million, and $3 million was a good price for a first-round pick. What's happened in recent years, because the salary cap's gone up, because having a young player, because the players are actually hitting at a little bit higher rate than they once did, is that a draft pick is worth way more than $3 million. So you will probably not see anybody sell a draft pick the way the Jazz did the 27th pick to get Rudy Gobert from Denver. That that day seems to be over. It's really over, as I said, for a few different reasons. One of which, nobody's cash-strapped the way the Phoenix Suns were a few years ago where they did this all the time. All the owners are making a ton of money right now in the league. And then secondarily, I don't think is is what I just said, is that the pick is just valued so much more. Second-round draft picks were getting traded for $2 million at a time a year ago. So can the Jazz buy into a second-round pick? If the Jazz do buy into the second round, the thing to look at around a second round pick is something I've alluded to a few times in the show today. Where in the second round? That 39 to 30 is so much more valuable than 45 to 60. We've seen it, frankly. Jared Butler's got a chance. Mia Oni, Jarrell Brantley, Justin Wright Foreman, late, late second round picks. They just don't hit very often. And. You know, if we go back and look through some of the past drafts, we can see this. But you, there's a huge and massive difference in these drafts over the last few years if you look at those where those picks are being taken. So if you scan through, you know, Kenyon Martin Jr., who was the 52nd pick and has gone to a terrible Houston team, is the only player post 45 or 47 in that draft to play over a thousand minutes. CJ Ellenby, Jordan, uh, 
Nawara have gotten a thousand minutes. Trey Jones at pick forty one. Suddenly you've now got over a thousand minutes. Saban Lee uh, at pick thirty eight. You've got a thousand minutes. Theo Maladin, Xavier Tillman, and those guys are hitting kind of at the same fifty percent rate. But they're just you're not seeing if you look back and we do this over the last few drafts. The tw- you know oh we got to get a second round pick really because if you look through it in the 2020 NBA draft Kenyon Martin Jr has played a lot of minutes he's 14th in minutes he's also played for Houston who's terrible otherwise you can't you have to go down the 27th pick of the draft in trade or the twenty, excuse me, the forty-first pick of the draft in Trey Jones, who's played the twenty-eighth most amount of minutes. So that's a great pick, but it's just you're not getting guys that are breaking through very often. If we do the same thing in the twenty nineteen draft recently, the same thing comes up. You just don't get guys that are breaking through into major rotation players. Terrence Mann is the exception. He was the forty-eighth pick of the draft. He's sixteenth in minutes played. Eric Paschal was the 41st pick. He's 21st. And Taylor Horton Tucker at 46 is 38th. But really, that's it. So there's one or two, maybe three players at best after 40th in a draft that are going to be. So three of the next 20 picks, our guys are going to become rotation players. So, you know, we got to buy a second round pick. We got, eh, eh, I'm not so sold on that. You 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 want if you can get take a shot in the first round, but as I'm telling you, those are almost impossible to get without moving some sort of major player at this point. The top of the draft, if you listen to Locked On NBA Big Board, they've done a great job. Jabari Smith, Chad Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey seem to be four of the best players in the draft. Keegan Murphy peaks out on our numbers. That seems to be number five. And then there's some mystery players involved in this and who's going to go. But it seems to fall off pretty hard in this draft after six. And time will tell whether there's mystery players. But you run the numbers on it, there don't seem to be. You talk to people, there don't seem to be mystery players in this draft. It, it's not. I'll, I'll be stunned if we have a Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, whatever middle of the draft that we've had in years past. This one feels top heavy and then really, really shallow and not with a lot of depth. So, again, buying into picks seems unlikely. The only scenario is if there's teams with massive cap problems who want to get out from having picks and would rather take $3 million. But, frankly, that's probably us. Like, we're the luxury tax team that would seemingly not want to take a pick right now, and we're the ones who are suddenly desperate for draft pick. So we're playing both sides of the the ledger, and it's not entirely clear if there's anyone else out there. I don't think Brooklyn cares about the money. I don't think the Warriors care about the money. I don't think the Clippers care about the money. So I don't think you're getting any of those three teams. They're massively into the tax saying, we don't want our pick. We'll take $3 million instead. Going to be a wild night. We'll see what happens with it. Whether the Jazz reform their roster? Do we get the earth-shattering move? And if we don't, then you move into July 1st wondering, when do we alter our roster and how do we possibly alter our roster? And then teams start floating around us like vultures, feeling like, the same way we do about a roster that we're desperate and have to make some sort of change should be fascinating. We'll stay with it. If I, if the jazz do something, I'll go live uh, here on locked on jazz on YouTube and for you on the podcast, uh, have that up for you as fast as possible. Crazy night. Look forward to follow, following along with you. Have a good one. Talk to you soon.